0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Digs Dollop. Today, we have um, Haley Tolman, who graduated with her master's in social work at Boston College. She is, uh, she re- most recently was a victims advocate for a police department. Um, very, very tough job and traumatic both for her and the people that she was helping. Um, she is very powerful, very knowledgeable, and most importantly, she is my sister. Um, and I'm super excited for this one because she is very knowledgeable on subjects of trauma and how they affect our bodies and how we can, um, utilize ways to, first of all, get over them. And second of all, to live uh, a life where we understand it and can move past it. So this is a a huge episode for these subjects that I love talking about. Um, So without further ado, Haley Tolman, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, now clap. Clap into your microphone real fast. No, just like just one. Yeah. Sound check, baby. <laughs> are you filming? Yeah, we're filming. Um I did a intro before this that I recorded. Um just talking about who you are. Did you? Yeah, and oh no. maybe we maybe I should have you here just in case I butchered that. <laughs> um and What did you say? I said that you most recently graduated from Boston College and you got your master's in social work. <laughs> so proud of myself Nailed it. um and what was your um degree before your master's <laughs> which work. one is that
1: <laughs> bachelor's, <laughs> bachelors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um it was in social work as well mm-hmm. um and that your most recent occupation was a victim's advocate yeah and i i c- technically can't say who it was for right just as How far it? as disclosure.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just going to use as many big words as possible. <laughs> I've been reading books.
1: <laughs> so you don't need a degree for that. <laughs> this looks so bad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: And that's a great way to introduce this. We're talking about trauma today. Uh. <laughs> um, no, but... Um,
1: just don't bleed on the chairs. <laughs> I know. These
0: are beautiful chairs and they're very sure. expensive that my brother bought for me my brother not yours oh okay <laughs> um one thing that I did want to talk about is how weird the transition was um for schooling with this chaotic years a y- couple years that we just had um what was cuz you started um your schooling with this pandemic in Boston in like the height of this. And so East Coast was a lot crazier as far as like shutdown and restrictions than I would say Utah was. Um what were some of the things that you experienced like once you landed in Boston? Like you were <coughs> were you just like completely shut off and shut down in your apartment?
1: It's a good question. <laughs> so i moved out there in january of 2020 the very beginning so i was there for like two and a half months before um everything got shut down so i was there in the cold (laughs) really really cold freezing winter in boston can you hear me yeah um and so then it was in mid-march when everyone else got shut down but they just pulled us out of school i remember all the universities were figuring that out and pulled everyone out of school i was pulled from my practicum internships and like the city was just locked down and so i decided to fly back to utah because um, i didn't want to get stuck out there because i didn't know if they were going to stop flights and everything and so then i spent five months of quarantine back here before going back to boston in september mm. and just doing school all online the whole time. was
0: i i feel like i i know this answer but we're speaking to the people haley okay we're here for the people right um I <laughs> didn't like in-person school anyways. <laughs> so, uh, I know the transition for me would have been an absolute meltdown to oh, do yeah. all online school. Um was that transition from in-person to all online for you a meltdown? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I felt like I was just getting used to the change of being in Boston Of leaving my social circle, my job, my family and friends, and starting everything over, and then finally getting used to it, and then (laughs) everything shut down. So, yeah, yeah, there were some meltdowns. Yeah. (laughs) And it just was really disruptive, and I didn't know what was gonna happen if I needed to defer school, or I was like, this isn't what I signed up for, as I'm sure everyone experienced. It wasn't. Yeah. It was a lot of chaos happening. Yeah.
0: But, like, schooling itself with being online. Was that, like, a super hard transition for you?
1: Um, I mean, a little bit, yeah. Uh, it was, like, it went as smoothly as it could have. I think it was more disruptive because everyone was just reacting, and it wasn't set up to be an online program, so all the teachers yeah. had to figure Everyone's out.
0: Everyone's, like, spur of the moment trying yeah. to figure it out. And On I had top like of paying thousands of dollars for kind of a bullshit. <coughs> don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, did, did that frust- that part frustrate you? Like, a lot of my friends, uh, all two of my friends, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> kind of started getting frustrated with the fact that the program seemed like it totally took a dive their programs with on top of still having to pay full price
1: yeah I think that was hard to sit with but it was unprecedented we haven't dealt with like a global pandemic since the flu epidemic in nineteen. do you think that
0: kind of uh, I'm totally like just flying off the radar right here do you think that kind of like hints on like the schooling system still needing to run as a business,
1: yeah, I mean, there's everything like faculty fees, tuition that gets yeah spouted into universities that they need to use that are essential, but also it was difficult because it wasn't the same quality education, like we were paying for access to like libraries and facilities and um different like groups on campus and and things like that, and so those all got taken away, and we were still paying the same price, but yeah never happened before so universities didn't know how to navigate handle that. it mm-hmm.
0: no one did not even the professionals <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um do you think with like um occupations that like require heavy schooling or like will will probably take a big hit like doctors i don't know like like things that require know. like a lot of in-person things
1: I don't know i know a lot of programs they had to make adjustments like certain programs did like online on zoom and then they did like labs in person or they did those distance like later during the pandemic like in the fall or the spring semester but initially i think everything was just shut down at least at my university yeah so hopefully not yeah it'll (laughs) be
0: interesting (laughs) to see the next few years the (laughs) The graduating classes and <laughs> how they are doing surgeries. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I think the when we're talking about trauma, though, and the role of, like, um, essential workers, whether that's in physical trauma, like healthcare professionals or mental healthcare professionals or just anyone that was an essential worker, um, that elicits to the type of work that they have to do is you just have to figure out what you're doing in a pandemic and even though it wasn't the same kind of training you were getting real life training like i was still having to do my Mm -hmm. internship um and my last year i was in a hospital so i was in person and i was still doing it and dealing with like the real world events of a pandemic and it's affected everyone
0: yeah that's a good point
1: yeah
0: (sighs) so um a few of my last videos I'm trying to see this is why I feel like this is super exciting for me to have you on here right now is because you are very good with terminology <laughs> and thanks I don't know. You're very good with words. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but like the things that I'm trying to articulate are kind of pure purely off of experience and like those are both valid things of ex- like everyone has this is like Why I want to start this is that everyone has an experience, and it's so important in today's world to just try and talk to people and empathize with people's experience, like Mm -hmm. not just uh, trying to uh, show someone that, you know, it's not because I want to show someone that my way of life is better than anyone's, but it's just like I want to start talking about these things like trauma that uh, were so heavily kind of weighing on my life for so long and the things that I needed to do to kind of have a better uh way of living my life, like those things were right in front of me, even though I couldn't see it at the time. So that's why I want to try and articulate um things to people about like whatever their trauma is, whatever their experience is, and how they can see themselves through a different light and move past those things and like it's hard for me to try and articulate these things be not knowing kind of all of the correct terminology just mainly basing like what i'm trying to say off of experience itself yeah so uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well said you have a way with words yes
0: <laughs> words are good <laughs> <laughs> um but um Let's see.
1: Well, first I'll say I'm not an expert on anything.
0: Yeah, I, but that's exactly the point of okay. of why we're here is okay. that it's important to just, <laughs> like, I feel like that's also a big thing in today's world is that, like, a lot of people want to shut people's voices down if they don't have, uh if they're not a professional, you know what I mean? But, like, that's exactly what I'm trying to say is that I'm speaking from experience. You're speaking from experience on top of educating yourself heavily on such topics like this. So it's like, um, wrong-o. <laughs> 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 You're way more professional than, no, no. than most. Not and than most. It's it's good that you are humble. No.
1: Not the most in my career or profession, but I'm excited to keep going forward and learning. It's
0: good to keep tabs on yourself, but you have come a very long way as far as educating yourself. This, I just love speaking with you about these subjects because you help me to put words to the things that I've felt or experienced. So on those subjects... We were kind of talking the other day about how um, how trauma lives in the body and how trauma can be kind of, um, like, what's the best way to, like, it moves through DNA and generations. So how... Do
1: you want me to, like, define trauma first? Yeah,
0: I would love that. <laughs> no, seriously, because, like, okay. these, these words are thrown all over the place all over the time. It's good to, like, yeah. slow things down and, like, describe them simply
1: yeah and I think just in general always educating yourselves again I'm not an expert on anything but trauma um, people say that a lot um, just like something was traumatic and that might be the case but trauma in and of itself when we're looking at it from like a mental health standpoint is something that is too overwhelming for your your body or your mind your nervous system to integrate into long-term memory so you keep getting triggered by things um, it could be mm-hmm people events situations um a feeling an emotion and your body's reacting as if that event is happening in the moment even even though it might just be a memory of something and there's actually a lot of um discrepancy in the mental health profession on an actual definition of trauma there's so many of them there's not Hmm. just one definition so it's really just something that is overwhelming to the mind and body and it's not able to process that Fully, and so it, it shows up in a lot of ways in in your relationships, in your view of yourself, in mental health, in your physical health. It can show up in a lot of ways, so it's kind of hard to t- describe sometimes. But an event doesn't have to necessarily be something severe, as like maybe childhood abuse, or it it, it could be that, but it could also be yeah. like a car accident, or it could just be something that you experienced as more overwhelming. And say, I experienced something that was. Trauma for me uh-huh. but it wasn't for you and you could have gone through yeah. the same experience. So but it that's
0: why it's important to talk to people and empathize with people because like you've articulated with me before that trauma is processed the same way inside of the body. like f- like you said it may some one experience might not be as traumatic for one person but it could be severely traumatic mm-hmm. for another. So that's why, like belittling someone about their experience is so damaging. Yeah. Because then it's like they're it
1: can be revictimizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. See. Yes. The words, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's like I'm excited to You're just the try definer. and you define them. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just tell you the word. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think that's like a huge thing that just needs to be more openly discussed. Is that. Um, like just s having the time to slow down and listen to someone mm-hmm. is can be so therapeutic and not trying to fix or change them. I've been reading a book about, <laughs> about, um, like the kind of difference between like masculine and feminine, uh, characteristics and how like western cultures are so is so severely kind of masculine right now and it's like you see this with a lot of like macho I feel like
1: machismo
0: yeah people of where they're just like oh nothing affects me oh there's no problems like you just need to buck up and like you're being a wussy and why um you know that can be just so damaging it doesn't give someone the time or resources to process their personal traumas in a way that is like culturally accepted and it's like yeah so it's like that's why i feel like these topics need to be talked about so heavily right now is because like we live in a very masculine dominated society and that not to say that like...
1: Uh, Meaning like toxic masculinity. Of yeah, like, a man probably. Rub some dirt in it. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <that> <laughs> these subjects start to make me a little sweaty. <laughs>
1: Did you ask me a question? Uh,
0: no, I was just kind of on, on a roll there. I don't... Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're doing um, great. But defining trauma, I think... Were you finished with that? Did I totally <laughs> cut you off in <laughs> no, such a toxic way? <laughs> no,
1: you're good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically it's it's just mm-hmm. like that something that can overwhelm the brain and body, and m- it becomes difficult to experience that as just a bad memory or an event that happened in the past, and it keeps showing up for you. And I think a lot of people use that term very flippantly. Or like, that was so traumatic for me. Mm. Um, which is okay, that's just like a colloquial colloquial thing we say, but in understanding that people have experiences of trauma and really listening to it, it can look very different for everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to minimize somebody's experience, um, but yeah, we can keep talking about it. Trauma's my favorite thing. I, <sighs> n- I nerd out over trauma. Yeah,
0: me too. I get real excited and see that's why it's like I'm trying to incorporate all of my personality while talking about these subjects because like my first episode it was like strap down ladies and gentlemen (laughs) we're gonna talk about anxiety and depression (laughs) it's like it's good to like just talk
1: the reason I like trauma and learning about trauma and understanding is because it provides meaning making for me and understanding human behavior and your own behavior and the way that somebody is reacting to you or responding to you, whether it's in the workplace or your family or an intimate relationship. Um, when people have experiences of trauma, it, it can change the way that your brain responds and reacts to things. And so instead of asking like, what is wrong with that person? you Say like, I wonder what's happened to them. Mm. What, what have they been through? Because yeah. their responses can be really yeah harmful and difficult to deal with in all honesty once you kind
0: of do the work to be aware of yourself you start to see others through a different light yeah of yeah not like what the hell is wrong with you but like
1: what happened to you what has happened to you which and and we'll say like trauma doesn't excuse behavior like people we all need you're still
0: accountable for your Mm self-awareness damn that was so well said (laughs) (laughs) um Jeez, I love these topics. This is exactly why I want to what
1: other Put these out you here have for me then.
0: <laughs> why? <laughs> 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 You're not doing so hot? No. <laughs> <You're doing laughs> um great. one thing that I really liked that you brought up was um Okay, let's go back to like generational trauma. So, like how does like that work? What is that? Like how like w- With someone that's never really heard these subjects or topics talked about before, like, what the freak? How can trauma be transferred through, like, generations? Like, if severely traumatic year after, or generation after gener- generation. Like, how does that transfer
1: yeah, through th- your... it's a big question, DNA? and I, I can give you a...
0: Yeah, just in the very simple, simplified <laughs> terms.
1: Definition of it. Well, I'm just saying that I, I don't understand all the facets of it, but intergenerational trauma or trauma that's been um, passed through, like, a family line or even different races. Um, mm. When you look at um, African Americans and, like, slavery in the United States and systems of oppression, like, that is a, a, a racial trauma that has yeah. um, perpetuated over a lot of years that has come from cl- colonialization of the world. And there's that aspect, or there's just a simple, you know, like a domestic violence situation or... Um, you know, violence in the home or even substance use that was from, say, like your great grandfather. And then that environment was how the kids were raised and they dealt with the, those issues and their parents' behavior. And then that was passed on to them <laughs> either incorporating they, some of those behaviors. they learn
0: how to cope with things like with those
1: similar mm-hmm. and ways it gets of passed, coping. It gets passed down. Oh. Or you can even look at events in history like... um the the Great Depression and you think about people who lived through the Great Depression and some of those characteristics were like you save everything you use everything until it's it's done it's not wasteful you fix it um, and even something like that kind of an event can be impacted through generations of that's a type of behavior and. F- mind frame and and the state Mm. of being that they passed on to their children and it gets passed on for years and years and you might look back and you see that that's something it's called the legacy burden of people that came before you or you think about like holocaust survivors and like what their experience was and then how things get passed on through families intergenerationally and so it becomes a a really big perpetuating cycle um, understandably so in many cases related to history but what is harmful in that is it's sometimes trying to break that chain and create a new healthy pattern
0: like when you're the one presented with this and start to be more and more self-aware of it and you're the one that has to put in a lot more work Mm -hmm. even though it's easy to feel like it's not your fault that you have like these heavy burdens that have been passed on to you that it's so important to you know break the chain so that future generations don't have as difficult of a time Uh, with their own trauma because you put in a lot of work to to be self-aware and change how you react to yourself and the world around you.
1: Yeah, and in simple terms, just being treated poorly, whatever that looks like in whatever kind of dynamic, it's hard to absorb that, resolve that, get rid of that, dissipate it however that looks, whether through therapy Mm. or your own kind of process and then moving forward to treat other people in a more healthy and better way, especially, like, people that come after you and your family. That is, it does take a lot of work because when you're treated poorly, often the reaction is just, you know, anger, shame, frustration, sadness, a bunch of issues that come with it, which makes it harder to mm. to move forward and pr- and provide good patterns, I- yeah. specifically in families. So that, that dynamic in families becomes really hard. Yeah.
0: So well said. <laughs> and, it well, it's like... With me even, like, starting to just put myself out there, um, like, it's, like, like you said at the beginning of this, like, I don't feel like an expert, but... Because I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) But with, like, subjects like this of, like, systemic racism or, like, generational trauma, like, it's easy to feel like I shouldn't be talking about this and, like, putting myself out there but that's exactly, I feel like, kind of a trap that it's like this needs to be more and more openly talked about so that it can just reach more instead of um, being caught in that fear cycle, that fear trap of feeling like your voice isn't, you know, powerful or I don't have the degree that says I can talk about this subject. Like, as long as you're you know, your heart is in the right place and you're trying to discuss it in a way that is trying to create a a solution or a better environment for people that have gone through trauma, then I feel like that's, like, the most important thing that you could do as long as, like, that's what it's there. Like, we're not here sitting and, like, talking about how (laughs) a certain group of people is stupid or lesser than, but, like, to equalize the human experience by connecting us through what we feel what is traumatic to us and how we can move past that
1: yeah and I think that's what just a, a good takeaway is just looking at yourself and looking at what you've gone through not yourself ourselves yeah, yeah. look at ourselves yeah. and think about what you've gone through and things that have stemmed from just your own actions and behaviors things that have stemmed from just childhood experience things that have come from maybe just events in your life, yeah. um, experiences and different systems that you've been a part of mm. and, and looking at how that's impacted you and then what you want to do about it. And yeah. And if there needs to be work and therapy is cool, guys. Yeah. Freak, therapy yeah. <laughs>
0: therapy's sick, man.
1: But I'm biased.
0: Yeah. I'm super biased. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's an okay thing to be biased about. Yeah. We all have personal bias. Yeah. Um, but,
1: and that can look very different for everyone. Like it can be very yeah. like holistic and just, yeah. Some people do that with music. or Nature. Art or nature yeah. I love nature. Yeah,
0: Don't even happy. get me started on <laughs> nature. <laughs> 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 um, But I think that's a very important point that you brought up is that you kind of have to put the ball in your court Mm -hmm. and be willing to look at yourself and be like, okay, what do I need to change? What do I need to stop saying is um, I'm able to act this way in a negative way towards other people because of what has been done to me Mm -hmm. and start to put the ball more in your court as what, um, what do I need to heal? What is keeping me from from not you know, either hating myself or hating people around me.
1: Yeah, and I think that comes from when you've experienced things that have been traumatic for you to process is moving from a role of being victimized and feeling like the victim of something to into a more survivor-driven role of this is something that you experience and you move past it and then you become um, more, you have more control in your life. Just a little bit. Okay, (laughs) you have more control in your life. Um, and moving forward the way you want to because it's not fun to deal with you know the negative experiences but it can be really empowering especially to sort through what was because of your own actions versus things that weren't your fault that happened to you
0: yeah um I love these subjects and we could go for hours how long when did we start I don't know Freak! that was super aw- my bad <laughs> Um, cause I'm trying to keep these like 30 minutes cause <laughs> my first one was like 50 and like the average time was like 10 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> maybe we need to shorten, shorten these a bit, but kind of one of this, you're going to be a regular just so you know, oh this no. has been freaking awesome. Thanks. Um, one of the kind of another subject I want to touch on is, um, if you have kind of if you've witnessed or been a part of abuse in the home why victims of that kind of gravitate towards similar cycles in relationships um, and you know why why does one gravitate towards like a similar behavior even though like it, it would seem like common sense for someone that's an outsider to be like just don't do that <laughs> you know but yeah. that's that's not the case and maybe like touch on why
1: there can be a lot of reasons for that. So oftentimes, at least in my experience as an advocate working with survivors of domestic violence um, and that cycle of, you know, you see someone who was a kid and they dealt with domestic violence with their parents in the home. And then years later, you find that they're in maybe not the healthiest relationship and are experiencing some of the same pattern. And you're like, well, why did that happen if you knew that was really painful? And Again, this comes back to we blame people who are <laughs> the victim. We victim blame. It's the most frustrating thing. Instead of asking mm. people who are committing <laughs> harmful behavior, like, why are they doing that? Yeah. Why didn't that person leave? Uh. We got to change that because that's not that's not healthy for trauma-informed care for people. Yeah. Um, but there's that aspect where people have experienced that, and so it's actually more... Comfortable um, meaning in a sense of like they can understand and predict behavior because that's the experience that they had had before and so they can understand Mm -hmm. That and it might even be aspects of not understanding what more healthy behavior looks like and not knowing that there are Different and other ways Um,
0: And maybe like one develops kind of like a fix-it mentality like I understand this behavior So I feel like I can help to change or fix you.
1: Yeah, so there there is also something that's called it's like reenactment, meaning some people who've gone through a traumatic event will either go through it again, whether it's in relationship or in in the home, or it can even be something totally unrelated where they want to, and it's not always consciously done, but go back through another experience where they're experiencing it again in their relationship. Mm. And they want to be able to change and correct what happened and oh be able dang, to change and solve it. And it's, it's not conscious. They're not saying I'm going to yeah, get yeah. in this relationship and... And but like to almost it. like a
0: like a like becoming kind of addicted to a chemical reaction maybe.
1: And that can happen, but in this sense, it's more of it's trying to correct and reprocess a trauma of what has happened. Like I'm gonna wow. overcome this. I'm go. I'm gonna have the power. And control wow. I'm gonna I'm win this this time.
0: This.
1: Yeah. Wow. So, so that can happen, but then there's also like physiologically in your brain when you have experienced high stress and your nervous system is, which I guess we can talk about another time, out of your window of tolerance, meaning that you're not tolerating things well and your body goes into your fight, flight, or freeze response really easily. Um, When that's happening often, you have an increase of cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and adrenaline, which is a stress hormone. And then when things get repaired afterwards, you get a huge um dump of like dopamine or serotonin so it's like which is the happy chemical and your body like gets a r- used to that cycle. High
0: highs and low lows.
1: Yeah. So it, especially especially within domestic violence, that cycle is really, really comfortable. So when you're in a relationship where that spike of extreme stress after an incident and then the repair and recovery in the honeymoon stage afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um when you're in a healthy relationship that doesn't have those insane Ugh. spikes, it feels abnormal. It feels weird. It feels like something's off. And that's not just from an emotional standpoint. It's from like a biological standpoint. Yeah,
0: See, that's a, that's a great point to bring up is like the high highs and the holo the hollows, <laughs> 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 the hollows, <laughs> the low lows. Yeah. But like when, so I have, I was just talking to one of my friends recently who just got out of a, a pretty, uh, I would say, abusive relationship. And, like, in just talking to her, she talked a lot about how, like, when like it's not bad all the time. Mm -hmm. And like that's why it was so difficult for her to kind of break away from it because like it feels really good when it's more it's good. When it's more level and like you feel like, oh, like, okay, maybe he's not this way all of the time and maybe I can help change him and like that's when you kind of take it to like that level of uh like I could start to see like what you're talking about now of why you kind of become addicted to those uh, those chemical spikes of the high highs and the low lows. Um, because like when it was really bad, like she had like kind of a a freak out, like, oh my gosh, this was so traumatic, like needed to talk to someone, needed to, but then like would totally exile anyone that was helping her in her life when it was kind of good because then those people just don't understand when they're like, no, like, you probably need to, like, get yourself out of this. It's like, no, everyone else just doesn't understand.
1: Yeah, and it is really hard. That's a whole other topic of conversation. Like, the domestic violence cycle is really frustrating, and that's when, um, like, the lethality rates, so being, like, in a situation or a relationship that you are at a lethal risk to being very physically harmed or even killed, um, that's when it becomes problematic is when a cycle keeps perpetuating um and that behavior keeps getting worse and worse and you're more entrenched in it um, that there's an increased risk of your of your safety Dang. and and people will often just say why didn't you leave why didn't yeah. you on average it takes seven times for someone to leave an abusive relationship in a domestic wow. violence relationship and the i will say the The most unsafe that you can be is right after you leave because of, if we're talking about really extreme um, violence and emotional abuse, that that's the most unsafe you can be.
0: Which you've seen a lot of that. Mm
1: -hmm. Just because then that's the disruption in the relationship and it's the other person losing control. And that's, that's really trying to break the chain. Yeah. But there are ways to do it and I've seen it successfully done and it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, (laughs) life
1: is good though (laughs) no
0: but that's why it's like for people that like need to hear this it's it it just it 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 gives them you know hope (laughs) and trying to see like it helps you feel seen when you hear these topics and subjects just openly talked about that like, you're seen, you're okay to be where you're at right now, and it's okay to want to feel better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there are ways to do it, and you're not just stuck in where you're at. Like, that's why this is so important for me to try and put out there to people. I've said that, like, six times this episode. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, like, I've, when I've just, like, physically been feeling a feeling and, like, feel so down, and then... Like there were things that were right in front of me that I needed to process and understand that were within myself and why I try and articulate things like the answers (laughs) are within yourself because like these things that were weighing on me so heavily, like it was, it's so powerful to, um, to understand it on a whole different level, not just being stuck in where you're at and feeling that and kind of perpetuating the situation by, You know, then escaping those feelings, like trying not to feel those feelings that are weighing on you, whether it's like through substances or experiences or people, whatever it is, that like you need to process whatever traumatic experiences you've been through so that you can
1: be uh, present with yourself, be
0: present with yourself, and have Mm. better reactions to future. Uh, experiences that then wouldn't be so traumatic for you because you have a better way to process things. Mm-hmm. Reprogramming your brain. Yes! I love it! Nailed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've been going for 1,088 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I have no
1: idea what that means. <laughs>
0: um, But thank you so much for being on this <laughs> episode. Yeah. I just... You you are you articulate things so well and so beautifully and I am very appreciated appreciative <laughs> appreciative
1: yeah, <laughs> of you
0: and all that you are working on and I'm very proud of you. Thanks. I don't know why this is turning into so lovey dovey. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like you said, these topics are so exciting and I'm just so proud of you.
1: I'm proud of you. <laughs> love you.
0: Yeah, love you um so takeaway probably i'm gonna try and do that for people more um you know how can someone just start to be a little more self-aware of what they've gone through and how to kind of take those initial steps like there's a lot of ways obviously but like yeah basis it's
1: a good question yeah there's a lot of ways i think first if you know you've experienced things and you're ready to look into it. And if you think therapy might be a good option for you, there's a lot of good trauma processing therapies, um, that you can do. And I will say not every therapist or therapy modality is treated equal. You want to find one that's a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like shopping around for any other kind of service you're getting. You want to make sure it's a, that's a good point, a good fit. And some trauma specific therapy modalities just for anyone looking is, um, EMDR therapy, which stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Um, you can do DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, internal family systems therapy, sensory motor cycle therapy. There's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Um, a simpler way if you're like, eh, I'm not ready for that. don't want to do that. Um, I think practicing mindfulness in your day of being Mm. present with where you're at and just checking in. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Some people love like apps, um, like the breathe app or the headspace app and you can do like a meditation. Some people hate that. It could just be as simple as doing like a body scan and like, hey, where am I holding tension and pressure? Like right, right here, right there. There's <laughs> <laughs> a gaping hole. <laughs> <laughs> My arm is broken. <laughs> yeah. Um doing something like that or even just pay attention to the times of day that you're most distracted. Um mm. like doom scrolling on your phone where you're just like stuck in a hole on yeah. some social media. Oh, that's pay a attention great point. to like is there something Certain more? things
0: that cause a reaction in you. Mm-hmm. Like instead of just mindlessly going through your day and like one thing to the next, like, mm-hmm. oh, I feel anxious. Yeah. Like being mindful is just, I feel like for me, it's been able to just watch my thoughts and like what you said, my surroundings and how they are causing me to feel and have a reaction to Yeah. Them.
1: And even another simple way is to stop multitasking. That's something that I've, it derives from mm. like A lot of Zen Buddhist monks practice this, Love it. but in general, to stop multitasking, because we tell ourselves we're good at doing it, Mm -hmm. but we actually can't devote full 100% attention to two different things. And so when you're doing one thing, do it. When you're making food, make your food. When you're watching TV, just watch TV. When you're talking to someone, just talk to someone, because then you're able to be fully present and your minds, not distracted, and you're able to notice when something comes up for you, like, oh, I didn't like how that person talked to me.
0: And, like, we, I feel like we also, like, live in a time where society makes you feel like you need to be doing a thousand things every second or else you're not successful. Yeah. And, like, I've been able to just, yeah, be way more present and be better at the things that I'm doing right in the moment when I'm doing just that thing in the moment. That's very well said. We're
1: going to turn the takeaway into a whole nother podcast. Oh, I know. This happens every time. <laughs> every time it's I'm like, okay. I
0: start to wind down and then we just <laughs> whoop, go right back into it's it. Okay. It's, it's okay. I never want to stop. <laughs> it's because here's another reason is I spend, I've okay. I'm just going to throw this out there. I like, I've been kind of realizing like I spend a lot of time anticipating like pushing record instead of like just doing it because I'm like, oh, it's not where I want it to be. It's not like the best product yet. And so it's like,
1: try something. Yeah. Just,
0: that's what I want to like put out there to people. Like, Hey, I'm like, (laughs) I'm just figuring this out right now. But like, if there's something you want to do, like just try it, just start, uh, but first process your trauma (laughs) Yes, (laughs) (laughs) because you'll be able to do it, uh, better, more powerful and yeah
1: do we need to get the director to cut yeah someone (laughs)
0: just come smash my laptop (laughs) (laughs) um no but I think we got enough information out there I'm super excited to dive more heavily into things with you sweet um but I think this is a a great takeaway just yeah try and be more mindful in your day-to-day activities and it'll help you process things better and be more present in the moment and enjoy all of the little things instead of being so sporadic and random and wild.
1: Yeah. Mm. Love it. Crushed it.
0: Great job. Thank <laughs> you. I'm proud of you.
1: I'm proud of you. <laughs> Until
0: next I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Bye everybody. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> we'll probably n- nail that a little better as, as we go along. <laughs> and cut.
1: <laughs> Did you stop it?